the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Remember, maybe it was a week, two weeks ago, where Wayfair, a big furniture maker, kind of a poor man's pottery barn, I don't know if that's totally fair to say because I'm not big into furniture. But there was controversy because Trump, um, not Trump himself, I don't think, but we wanted to put into immigration shelters some beds made from or bought from Wayfair. And Wayfair employees are like, no, 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 we will strike. That's my universal strike language. Um, And the stock went down. Stock's right back where it was, record eyes. Just throwing it out there for you. Sometimes headline news is opportunity for you. Pepsi is betting on beverages aimed at athletes. Pepsi does it. Pepsi's a good company. I think if you own Pepsi for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, you'll do well. I don't know in the next five. You know, it's, it's a stretch valuation as it is. But with that being said, Pepsi's a pretty crazy diverse company in a lot of ways. They make little joys that we tend to pop into our mouth and go, ooh, that's a little joy. I haven't had Cool Ranch Doritos in years. Can't find Cool Ranch Doritos anymore because now it's all about smoking sizzling hot. But I found a Cool Ranch Dorito. It was in the back of my truck. <laughs> I popped it in my mouth. I was like, mmm, delicious. It's a little joy in my mouth. Yeah, they don't, they're, they're kind of like cockroaches. They're, they're good through a nuclear war, if you know what I'm saying, Doritos. But they've got a lot of organic revenue growth. They have a lot of product segment growth, whether it be Frito-Lay, Quaker Foods, uh, PepsiCo North, American Beverage, um, Gatorade, like, they do a nice job. And just last week, they're sitting at all-time highs. Now they're like $3 off and again, 135-odd dollar stock. Pretty good company. And again, boring. I know you're saying, so what is their cloud strategy? Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. But going after athletes with, you know, armor type of drinks, you know, Gatorade, anything that makes you feel like you're getting better performance and again like in the 90s and early 2000s i think most people thought gatorade was something like special that it had electrolytes i'm like it's got electrolytes you know what i'm saying yeah electrolyte and ultimately what it is is just sugar water soda is just basically sugar carbonated water right and uh we started coming across that and uh again the thing I, i like about pepsico is they're a pretty diverse company lots of product billionaire Tom Steyer is entering the race for the Democratic field late. We've had one person of the 20 in the debate drop out. Now we've got one person jumping in. He says he's going to spend $100 million of his own money to shake it up with Donald Trump. And I see that $100 million going straight down the drain. That said, the play there is great television. They're a local television kind of company. Uh, They do typically do news terribly, terribly well. Um... So there's plays on everything, right? Everything has money tied towards it. Boeing says no new orders for the 737 MAX as the planes remain grounded. 
Um, aviation regulators have not indicated when they will again allow that plane to fly, which is good. Let's get it right. Don't do not do a wrong fix on that one because that will drive people away for a long time. Airlines are getting ready to report earnings. Airlines are getting ready to report earnings, and there will be a lot to be said about the Boeing 737 MAX. Whether it be American Airlines who has a lot of exposure or Southwest or JetBlue, we're going to hear a lot in the coming days. Facebook is having a big event today leading up to a bigger event over the weekend tied toward VideoCon, which is a conference for the online video industry held in Anaheim, California. But today they're in, where are they at? I want to say Malibu. And what they're trying to say is, we want to get some of what YouTube's got with those influencers. But the problem is, Facebook's kind of launched this whole video from creators' platforms way back in 2017. And it's okay. It's got 140 million users daily who spend at least one minute on watch The problem is with Google has YouTube, which has 1.9 billion logged in users watched on the platform every month, uh, only to 720 million for Facebook. Now, 720 million people ain't shabby. ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox would take that in a heartbeat. Do I like Facebook as a long-term stock? I do. Do I think they have problems with regulators? I do. Um, Did you see the article recently on Facebook on how much money they make per employee? It's redonkulous. I know. I know. I'm not allowed to say the word redonkulous more than three times in an episode of Rob Black and Your Money. Otherwise, you get $10,000. I've said it twice. Will I say it again? Probably not. So um, I had an interesting question someone asking me about the difference between saving and investing. I'm going to throw in a couple other words. Earning. Earning, saving, and investing. If you can get those three things right, you're on track. So I think it's important to have some savings up to six months in your salary to take care of that ridiculous plumbing bill. I had a toilet go south on me, and uh, I insist on doing fixes that I can do myself that I, I, I do. So I was losing about 50 gallons a day, uh, no, 50, up to 50 gallons an hour for two days. And all it was is the control valve, the flow valve. I don't know what some sort of valve, but I saw it on YouTube, and basically it was losing a gallon, putting a gallon back in, losing a gallon, putting a gallon back in. And the way you find it is putting some dye packets or food coloring in your tank, and you can see that it's leaking into the bowl. Uh, long story short, did it myself. Eh, I'll say with, with measured results, it took me about three hours to get right because the first repair kit I bought was the wrong one. So go to the store and back and take off, put back on, take off, put back on, go to the store kind of thing. Um, so I could have paid a plumber $300, $400, but I did it myself for $30, $40. But time is money as well, right? I think that's worthy of throwing out there. Nike got a big boost last week with the controversial Betsy Ross flag sneaker. I bring that up in large part because sometimes bad news is good news. And sometimes I think Nike is, is creating their own controversies, if you know what I mean. Pulling a sneaker, you look like the, you really care about people. I'm not saying they don't, but that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> that's, I'm going to leave it at that. Netflix announced 40 million plus people watched uh, season three of Stranger Things. I think they got six seasons planned. Now, that's impressive if you're ABC, NBC, CBS. For Netflix, the question is, will people stay loyal to Netflix when Disney comes out with a a different service? Are all of our different services now, Hulu and Netflix and YouTube TV and and, uh, Netflix? I don't know. I said that twice. Are they starting to add up to too many services and are they too fragmented? Yeah, they are. So there's a good chance NBC Universal, when they start their own service, you'll never see The Office again on Netflix. So you're going to say, 
Bye-bye, office and friends. Jennifer Aniston once used to be a influencer. Now she's not so much. Now the influencers are people on YouTube and Facebook, right? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big retirement income and tax planning seminar this week. Just right around the corner, Thursday, July 11th, 630 to 830 Palo Alto, Elks Lodge. <coughs> Take the train. Stop at Old Glory. Have a beer. Come, well, you're kind of far away from Palo Alto, it's Elks Lodge at that point in time. But registration is $25. You can use the code RADIO25. <coughs> All about income and retirement. Hey, your job is eventually going to go away. You need this. Go to Rob Black's show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Over the past few years, we've seen fintech, financial tech companies kind of come out of nowhere. And one of the things that they're offering, which is pretty darn good, is interest on savings accounts. So the Federal Reserve slashed interest rates for years and years and years. And basically they said, old people, your money in the bank's not going to really do much for you because we're trying to stimulate the economy and we're kind of taking away your, your ability to save safely in CDs and bank accounts and yet get competitive interest rates. But there's products like Marcus by Goldman Sachs, Social Finance, Wealthfront, that all are offering 1% interest on savings. But there's a new one now called Marcus, again, by Goldman Sachs. It's offering 2% interest. The national average is, is not one. It's not two. It's 0.1%. That amounts to $40 on $2,000 saved. That's a lot of money. So it's worthy of note. Golden's Marcus, Goldman Sachs Marcus, has been around since 2016. It's got over $46 billion in online deposits. People are smart. Money goes where it should go. I'm not against it. I'm, I'm saying it may not be for you because a lot of people don't like, I, I would almost say, alternative banking, online banking. Got an email from... Michelle, and she goes, you said play the lottery because I didn't plan well for retirement. I never actually said that. If I did, it's sarcasm, and it's a joke. Consult a broker advisor before you take any action on anything you ever hear on this show, because it probably is sarcasm, right? Um, I've said things that are incredibly stupid in the past as a way of pointing out you need to do better, and here I'm going to shock you. Marry well. That's both good advice and sarcastic advice, right? You should marry for love. You should marry for, you know... Our third, back in the time of courtly love, people married um, for the right, the reasons of finance, a highly conventionalized medieval tradition of love between a knight and a married noblewoman. It was developed in South France, and it, it is important to marry well. Um, it's interesting that when you fall in love, sometimes you're like, wow, my girlfriend is totally sarcastic. And then like you break up and she's like, wow, she was totally telling the truth all that time and you have slightly different opinions you should marry for love or you should marry for just marry well if you are a saver don't marry a spender so chivalry and courtly love chivalry was a masculine code where you weren't able to go after your wants or desires lancelot was a knight he had discipline of a knight he had the chivalric code so marry well so I got an email from someone who uh, she said, you know, she was kind of rubbing it in my nose that I, I teased her and said you should play the lottery because you didn't plan well for retirement. And yet I married a woman that plays lottery and has a profession that doesn't pay well. It's okay to have a profession that does pay well if you married well and your family has a good income and good savings. For me, it's super important to ha- leave some sort of 
I don't want to say a dynasty, but a legacy where my kids don't have to, you know, um, go to Stanford or Harvard to be successes, where they don't have to work 60 hours a week to get by, where they don't have to have two jobs. That's all kind of important stuff to me. I do chastise people who play the lottery because the odds are against you. I think stupid people, financially stupid people, play the lottery. Albert Einstein could have played the lottery, and I would have said that's a financially stupid thing to do. Now, here's where I like people who play the lottery. If you want to spend two bucks on a lottery ticket and go, you know what, lottery drawings tomorrow, I'm going to think about what I would do with $400 million. You're buying a dream for two bucks? That's not bad. Now you have to go drink a six-pack to get into a happy place. That's going to be $9, $10, 13 $14 tax. I'd rather you get the lottery ticket and save your liver. But I digress. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Let's talk a little stock market action. Get back to, you know, the bread and butter of this show. Boeing said they got zero orders for their 737 MAX. That ain't good. How did the stock do? Let's take, let's take a quiz. Let's do a little Alex Trebek quiz master on this. The answer is not too bad. Down one-third of 1%. Now, since this air tragedy that ultimately looks like it's Boeing's issue, not the airlines or the pilots or happenstance, at one point it was a $440 stock and it was flying high. On the wings of love, only the two of us. Um, $440 stock back February 2019. That's not that long ago. And you see how it's fallen now to $349. Don't watch CNBC. If you watch CNBC, you're going to hear people say incredibly stupid things about the stock. It's holding out pretty well because it's expected that they're going to get through this. Now, here's the, the killer, right? Now, when I say killer, I'm using it very, very loosely. We expect a trade deal to get done with China. We expect Boeing to fix their issues. We expect to have confidence to fly on 737 MAX. But what if they don't? What if no trade deal happens? What if Boeing doesn't get a deal, uh, a fix with the FCC, FAA? (laughs) Mixed up my government agencies a little bit there. Errors and emissions caught that one. Um, so if and butts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have. If you want to play the lottery, you're allowed to play the lottery. I think it's a fool's mistake. Big event coming up Thursday, July 11th, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. It's $25 to get in, but you can use the code RADIO25 if you go to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com and use that code RADIO25. I'm going to go over some stocks, and Chad's going to go over a lot of stuff on Social Security, on taxes, on Roth conversions, on accumulation, transitioning to income. I'm tricky. I'm going to transition to income in my portfolio. It's probably the next five years. This is for me. As you, you know, get past your 40s and you push into your 50s, you need to start thinking about how you're going to get income. Big event coming up Thursday night, 6.30 to 8.30, all about income in retirement. Palo Alto, Elks Lodge, easy parking, $25. Use code RADIO25 at newfocusfinancial.com to get in for free. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Bitcoin down below 10000 giving up some of this year's epic rally. That's considered an alternative investment. There's all sorts of alternative investments. I just talked about sneakers and Nike and seeing some of the crazy returns of $120 sneakers turning into $25,000 pair of sneakers. They're assets. Bubblegum cards are assets. Big asset of the show, but you can't invest in them. Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. It's nice to be back with you. 
Uh, would you throw down $25,000 for the Betsy Ross sneakers that were originally planning to be priced at $120? Yeah, that's a little outside my, my range, so I think I'll leave that to someone else. <laughs> Oddly enough, mine, too, for something that's stinking old pretty darn fast on my big big feet. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking about stinking old, we hit all-time record highs last week, and this week we seem to be compressing those highs. Um is it just a kind of a sideways is okay? It's not down. You know, we're still having a great year. What's the story on the, the market pulling back after such an epic rally? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think it is exactly that, and that you know you came off of uh, one of the best Junes in uh, in decades, <laughs> and uh, you know you had the S and P five hundred up close to seven percent last month, and and so you have you know trading there at record highs, and now this week you're uh, leading up to some you know what some people think are going to be some uh, important trading catalysts, uh, namely Fed Chair Powell's semiannual monetary policy testimony on Wednesday, uh, and then the release of the consumer price index on uh, on Thursday, both of which are going to flow into the market's uh, prevailing expectations as it relates to what the Fed's likely to do at its FOMC meeting at the end of this month. And so we think that, you know, really what you're seeing um, unfold at the moment is just a, a period of consolidation after a big run, and uh, and that's totally understandable here uh, and uh, not overly alarmed by by the price action we're seeing, uh, you know, in the early part of this week. Sounds good. Um, bad news is good news, or good news is bad news is sometimes how Wall Street works. Friday, we got pretty good job numbers. I wouldn't say epic. I wouldn't say stellar, but pretty good. And that kind of caused people to rethink maybe the Fed's not going to cut interest rates. Are we focusing too much on the Fed and the trade war to drive the stock market? Because those are kind of, I want to say, secondary thoughts in my world of what should drive the stock market as far as news goes. Are we too focused on interest rates and uh, China? Well, there's there's absolutely a you know a hyper focus on on both of those factors, uh, but I would say particularly you know monetary policy. I mean, it's very clear to see uh, in the charts when you line up <clears throat> what's taken place this year in terms of the Fed's pivots, as well as uh, the um, uncertainty revolving uh, you know trade trade issues with not only China, but with Mexico. Um, you know, we provided that chart in a big picture column we updated a few weeks ago, and you can see clearly that the market has gotten a lot more distance out of the Fed's dovish-minded pivots uh, in January and and in May, uh, and uh, or in early June, I should say. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's been almost like a Pavlovian type of uh, response, really. You know, this market since 2009 uh, has been conditioned to respond favorably to, um, you know, the Fed lowering interest rates. And and that's what it has squarely in its sights right now. And, and that's why you do get this um, you know, this moment of where you see good news being interpreted as bad news, which is really convoluted thinking. But nonetheless, that's how this market operates right now, for better or for worse. And, you know, I guess we're just a little concerned that perhaps, um, you know, the Fed could be getting to a point here where it might be pushing on a string by trying to cut interest rates to get, you know, uh, inflation uh, up a little bit more and, and and growth moving, you know, a little bit more, because you might run into this period here, given the 
the wave effect of weakening uh, economic activity abroad making its way to the U.S. and ultimately kind of diminishing, you know, the impact of this this next incremental rate cut, uh, assuming we get 25 basis points at the end of this month. So um, be curious to see how the market does react in coming months as more earnings news come in, comes in and more economic data arrives. But, um, but there's no denying that, you know, this market has been feasting on the persistence of low interest rates. So where do we go in earnings season? Because to me, instead of a secondary driver being trade deal with China and lower interest rates, although they're very important. To me, it's always about earnings. It's always about the do-re-mi. In the long run, history will remind us this was epic period of earnings. They probably will tell us it was also an epic period of low interest rates and maybe even a great China deal. So maybe I'm talking myself out of this one. But uh, earnings season's coming up. Um, what are the experts saying what we can expect? Well, you know, you're not, according to FAXA, you know, you're not going to see any earnings growth based on what the you know consensus estimate is at this at this time. Right now, the S&P 500 is projected to report a 2.6% year-over-year decline in operating earnings. Uh, and that number's come down uh, since uh, the end of the first quarter when it was expected to be only down about a half of a percent. Um, you know, that didn't really stopped the market, though, in the, in the first quarter, uh, when you also saw, you know, a, a very slight decline in, in operating earnings. And, and, and the, you know, I go back to what we you know, just discussed, and, you know, the overwhelming support factor there was, was twofold, but primarily this idea that uh, bad earnings news or a slowdown in growth would prompt the Federal Reserve to uh, provide more monetary policy stimulus. And certainly through the first quarter, there was some hope anyway that a, uh, a trade deal with China was on the near horizon. And so that kind of got things uh, reoriented, uh, you know, in a, in a good way. And, um, and so the market is really kind of looking past, you know, a very um, uh, a lackluster, you know, earnings period right now uh, and looking to the Fed's rate cuts or the persistence of low interest rates as a bridge to the second half of the year when it should hopefully see an acceleration in both, you know, earnings growth and economic growth. And so there's been this kind of, uh, you know, you know, willingness to to look past this, you know, disappointing earnings news on the expectation that six months down the road you're going to get better news that justifies the uh, the higher multiples uh, we've been seeing here. Sounds good. Um, what else are you working on right now that we should be paying attention to? What's in your world versus questions in my world per se? Right. Well, we touched on a little bit here. Um, you know, this this uh, big picture column this week will will be oriented around the upcoming second quarter earnings reporting period. Uh, it's starting to to you know, I described in today's page one column. We're in sort of this green shoots phase uh, where you're starting to get a few companies coming out, like we saw PepsiCo uh, this morning with better than expected results. Uh, but you're not going to see a you know a full bloom of earnings results really for another few weeks when it gets really really busy in terms of uh, the incoming reports. But um, but it will be curious. You know we're going to be keeping an eye on how the market does respond to what is expected to be some otherwise lackluster news and uh, and whether it can kind of elevate to a to an even higher high here on the back of 
some tepid earnings results, or if it's going to you know move into a more uh, extended consolidation period as it waits to see you know data in the back half of the year and whether it's validating this move we've seen in the first half of the year, which has been predicated in large part on getting better earnings growth in the latter half of the year. <laughs> it's been an interesting summer so far. What are you expecting for the rest of the summer? Is it is it what you're, we're talking about? Interest rates, earnings, China deal? And is that the same answer for what do you expect for the rest of the year? As the first half was pretty darn good. Sure, sure. Um, you know, well, that's all certainly going to be part, part of the mix. Um, you know, it would add into that mix, though, you're going to start hearing a little bit more about the uh, uh, activity in Congress and the uh, effort, and we hope the effort, to get to a budget deal and, and, and obviously, you know, an agreement to raise the debt ceiling so you don't have any unnecessary drama surrounding that issue. Uh, you know, there was a report out this morning from the um, uh, Bipartisan Policy Center that uh, was suggesting that, you know, the debt ceiling could ultimately be uh, reached uh, in the first half of September, as opposed to a prior projection of October or early November. And so, if that is ultimately the case, I think it just highlights for uh, everyone that you know Congress needs to to get moving here and uh, and get something done so that we don't have that you know eleventh hour drama unfold. But you'll see the market's angst around that issue sort of show up uh, in the Treasury market, and particularly at the very front end of the curve, and looking at the you know the three month bill in particular in that respect. And we can see that's weaker today, so it just does suggest there's a little bit of nervousness there uh, as you know Congress has to uh, has to go to work. Thanks for joining me, sir. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source for international and domestic stock information, bond information. Um, Solid, solid firm. So um, I've been working with him for 20 plus, almost 20 years, uh, and with CFP Chad Burton for 20 plus years. Uh, They're two very consistent people, and they give very consistent messages, and they don't go off record all that often. I've seen some panic from people, but not that much from these guys. I've seen some greed from people, but not much from these guys. If you're able to eliminate greed and fear, you can become a great investor, in my opinion. It's tough to do. Um, With that said, big event coming up Thursday night where you can actually meet CFP Chad Burton. I think it would be great if he'd come out. Um, My career is, I'm not at the end of it, but... Close sooner than later, and I think I need to start thinking about income and retirement just as much as you need to think about income and retirement. Uh, this is a good event. It's super fast. It's super informative. It's 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. It's, it's, it's infotainment. It's, it's a lot of information, but it's delivered well. Palo Alto Elks Lodge, Thursday night, 630 to 830. It's free if you are a radio user and use the code RADIO25. If you've never been to an event, we would love to see you there. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. Who even knows where to begin? We're not taught these things. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And down, uh, jump on the events page and sign up using the code RADIO25. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. YouTube's got what are called influencers. These are typically pretty young people who capture the eyes of people between the ages 18 and 35. And um, they say, this is a great lipstick, or this is a, 
a good chair to sit in or this is my beverage that I drink while playing games. And these influencers make millions of dollars. Speaking of influencers, we have CFP Chad Burton, big influencer on planning for retirement. You'll be at the big event Thursday evening, 630 to 830 at Palo Alto Elks Lodge. How are you, Chad? Great. How about you? Good. Do you see yourself as an influencer or is that something only a term your kids would use? Um, definitely a term my kids would use. I don't no, I don't think I'd do enough on business-wise on social media to, to be considered an influencer. We do have, I mean, get a lot of following on our podcast, though, right? So across the country. So, I don't know, maybe. Producer, producer Zach gave you props this morning. He says, when Chad's not on the air, people call and say, where's Chad? You're an influencer. Live with it. Let's talk about the nine main reasons <laughs> you need detailed retirement planning projections. This is going to influence people. Nine main reasons you need detailed planning projections. See, if I was an influencer, I'd have ten reasons because it's always the top ten list that you know really get the eyeballs, right? But I, I think the biggest. What's that? David Letterman, the top ten list. But go yeah, ahead. Exactly. Um, interest rates are so low. That's one of the big ones. I mean, I was telling a story this morning on the six a.m. show when I got into business at age nineteen. You could lock up money for seven to ten years at. Six percent, seven percent rate to return. That was pretty attractive back then. Of course, inflation was a little bit higher, and you know, mortgage rates were eight percent, not three and a half percent. So it's a little bit different environment. But and having a lower interest rate environment has helped real estate and stocks out quite a lot over the last decade. But when you go into retirement, you need that safety of some income. You need three years worth of portfolio draws and cash. So projections are different. That old 4% draw rate, you're going to be safe at age 65, is not as easy anymore. Um, So rates are low. That's another big reason. And it's not like, I don't know, Rob, would you say stocks are super cheap right now after an 18% market rally with single-digit earnings projection growth on the S&P 500? Would you say stocks are super cheap right now? Historically not. But we also have historically low interest rates, which gives me reason to give a little bit more stretched valuation to quote unquote stocks, not individual stocks, but indices. Yeah, but it's it's, it's a little bit of uncertainty in terms of historically they're not cheap relative to interest rates. They're they're attractive Um, growth of the world population, middle class revenue around the world, that kind of thing. They're attractive, but. It does create some uncertainty in retirement, and the order of stock market returns are extremely important. You know, if they come, do the good returns come right at the beginning or towards the end or whatever it may be? So, dealing with the idea, I've got lower rates on my cash, my bonds, my CDs. Stocks are not super cheap as I go into retirement this year. It creates that uncertainty. See, having a detailed cash flow projection and a plan to get through market corrections is extremely important going into retirement. And then another thing, one of the, you know, the third reason I guess is just that idea that a couple would have to set aside 250 grand to pay for healthcare costs over retirement. So how do you project that? How do you That's do you that's put crazy that money chat. in a different account or do you project it out over a long period of time? That's upsetting to hear. And let me just stop and repeat that for people. You can expect to spend $250,000 for your retirement lifetime on on healthcare, is that individual or, or couples? That would be a couple, and that would be okay. if you add up if you if you had accounts set aside and you take your Medicare Part B premiums out of it, you take your copays, your dental costs, any ancillary costs, and I'm not even talking about long term care. That's a totally different one. But you know, nursing homes and things like that. That's a different bucket. That's this is just just for the healthcare costs. 
So in retirement, you have Medicare Part B, you've got supplemental insurance, you've got Part D, you got co-pays, dental costs that you know typically you're under paying on your own. Um, so that's that's significant, and and those costs are growing at more like five to six percent. Other costs for retirees may be growing at two. So it's different rates of inflation on different items in your projections. Pretty interesting stuff. What else do we need to know about costs in retirement and kind of like I don't want to call it a line item budget, but Again, the healthcare one's shocking because I want a million dollars to retire. But wait, wait, you're telling me two hundred fifty thousand of that's going out the door? Chop, 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 uh, just for right. healthcare. Yeah, and at, at sixty five, the old number used to be a four percent draw rate is okay. Now it's a little less than that because of lower interest rates. So much more careful on projections. The other thing is that in your projections, there's there's two crazy things that happen. First of all, at seventy and a half, you have to pull money out of your four hundred one ks, four hundred three bs, IRAs, all that kind of stuff. The required minimum distribution. So that you have to look forward in your cash flow projections and see what happens to your tax bill starting at age 70 and a half. And that kind of all stra- plays into... Are you stressed that Congress that? may change that to 70... Congress is talking about changing the withdrawal all the way up to like 72 years old. Is yeah. that cause you stress or is that good news or is that... Oh, that, that would be great news because that would give you an extra two years to be able to do Roth IRA conversions where you get to the end of the year. And this is what, what I talk about very extensively on Thursday night where you get to the end of the year, you know, mid-November, and you, you know your tax issues for the year, and you might find out that you have ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 left at the existing tax bracket that you're in, and you're always going to be at that bracket. So you do some Roth conversions, convert money from your IRA to your Roth. There's no income limits to do it. Um, you just have to pay the taxes now. But if you're always going to be at that bracket, why not do it now? Basically, you're moving money from an account that you're always going to be taxes on to an account that's going to be tax-free for you and your family for the rest of your lives. Um, so that would just give us two more years to to deal with that strategy. I think it would be great. So let's talk a little bit about the seminar, because we could talk about projections. We could talk about capital gains. You're going to hit all of this at the event coming up on Thursday evening. Double-checking your expenses is a smart idea. Reverse dollar cost averaging can be a bad idea. Um, a lot of myths out there, and you kind of are a myth-buster influencer. You're all of these things. What are you going to be talking about at the event Thursday at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto? You know, a lot of it is missed opportunities. Once you get to the end missed of the year and you're dealing with portfolio rebalancing, but you're also dealing with, I've got too much in one stock and too much sector. Where do I pull okay. my money from? How much more you can take at different brackets and pay very little in taxes. So very specific examples. We'll see you Thursday night at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free if you haven't been to an event before, newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.